Hello and welcome to day four of our series on the genealogy of Christ. I am not going live on my wisdom app because I've been having some issues with the software and I'm waiting for them to get back in touch with me. And today is called, uh, excuse me, my my brain is everywhere because I'm excited and I've been to two appointments and it's like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And so I have to come up with a plan on how to um, execute what God has given me. And so far, so good. But hey, we're only on day four. So day four title is going to be Seth, a son in Adam's image. And there's two biblical scriptures that today's conversation is going to come from. And one is Genesis chapter three, and it's going to be verses eight through 21. And then we have Genesis chapter four, verse one through, let me see where we're going, 26. And then we're going to do just a brief chapter of Genesis chapter five, verses one through four. So beginning with Genesis chapter three, verses eight through 21, the whole entire scriptures are based on sin's consequences. We all have been given and we every day we are given an opportunity to make right choices. And if you make the wrong choice, then of course there's a consequence. And I tell my clients that, and, and, and my grownups, that you may think that the consequence is only going to affect you. No, 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 no. It also affects your family, your immediate family, your aunties, your uncles, grandma, your best friend. It affects everybody because number one, they're going to see you dealing with something. Number two, it may be a financial attack. Number three, it might be health wise when you're risking and you're taking chances on hanging out with the wrong crowd, when you're taking your money and you're betting it um, every day on, on um, uh, uh, the football games, the basketball games, hockey, whatever, or you're going to the casino and you're betting and you don't have the money to pay for it and you're paying your bills, you're using your bill money, it affects everyone. And so in this story, we already know, and I'm not going to read it. Yeah, I, I'll read it, but I'm going to be skipping uh, throughout the pages uh, with this story. So, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? And you know what? And God will call you and he already know where you are. He just waiting for your response. He already know that you've done something that you shouldn't have done. And he already know what you've done. And so he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? 
Have you ever thought or wondered what our life would be like if they never had eaten from the tree? Or would you even exist if they had not eaten from the tree? So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enemy, intimate, excuse me, enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you should not eat of, cursed is the ground for your sake and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life and you shall eat the herb of the field and adam called his wife name eve because she was the mother of all living also for adam and his wife the lord god made tunics of skin and clothed them and so many of them uh this is when man was kicked out of eden and God did not let them back in. And God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now let's, he put on his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat of life, uh, excuse me, live forever. And therefore the Lord God sent them out of the garden to till the ground for which he has taken. There's always going to be a consequence. And that comes to when when people are dealing with mental illness, there's consequences. And you probably want to know how can that relate to the Bible? Well, we've, we've been having a lot of murders, you know, gun violence, and they all are relating to mental illness. And so they, a person who is premeditated on what they're going to do, there's a consequence. And nine times out of 10, the consequence falls back on the parent because the parents are the one that should have number one recognized number two shouldn't have never got the gun for them and number three never got them the help that they needed and number four they enabled it and there are enablers and when you do these things there are consequences and so as we are in mental health month you know i pray that everybody gets the help that they need because we need it you know i'm a counselor and i see it and hear it all the time, you know, and if you stop and listen to what your children or what you're not saying, it, uh, or what someone else, your partner is not saying, that, that's, that's powerful. You got to know what they're not saying. That don't mean that you need to agitate them. You know, I had to be in counseling so I can talk to my son who suffers from depression, um, PTSD and anxiety. And this is all stemming from his two tours in Afghanistan. And so I had to learn how to talk to him. I did because you, you leave one way and you come back another. It was devastating. And then I found him one time last year trying to commit suicide. And so the items that he had in his house, I got rid of them. He can still live on his own. I, I just got rid of it. So now let's go to chapter four. 
And I'm going to breathe through that one as well. Now, chapter four, I know you guys know about chapter four. Come on. You got to know about Cain tries to murder Abel because he was jealous. And when you get into this segment of the scripture, we're, we're beginning to talk about Adam's children who were Adam's children. And the man was intimate with his wife, Eve, and he conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have made, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel became a shepherd of the flocks. And where am I at? But Cain, he did not respect anyone. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Yesterday, we talked about the dominion. God gave us dominion. He gave us the, the dominion for us to be able to make the right choices, to come against any negativity, to come against the attack of the enemy, to speak those things that be not as though they were. And he's given us the intellect to know the difference between when God is speaking and when the enemy is speaking. And this is still all in with mental illness. When your countenance fall, you're sad. And a parent is supposed to be able to identify that. And God identified the countenance of Abel because he saw the countenance fall. <coughs> and he gave Abel uh, uh, choices. And he said that if you do this, this will happen. Good will happen. If you do that, then bad will happen. And so as we move on down to verse 13, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out of this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be mine, shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord said, and Mark, on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. God was off the chain. That's all I can say. God was not playing. When you do something, it's going to come back around. And so, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. Now, when they say he, he found his wife again, that means that he went into her tent and they made love. That's all. And they named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the book of Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics means the interpretation of language, whether written or spoken. And general, generally, 
hermeneutics, hermeneutics, excuse me, is an activity that interests biblical scholars and the word is sometimes used in philosophy as well. There is a book called the book of hermeneutics. You need to get that book and, and, and study it. And what's the difference between hermeneutics and exegesis? There is a difference. The word sometimes refers to um, how to interpret the Bible or sacred text from other religion. And I don't want you to be confused with exegesis, where exegesis refers to the interpretation of a specific biblical text. Hermeneutics is deciding which principle we will use in order to interpret the text. I hope I didn't confuse you. There are three principal biblical hermeneutics. Number one, scripture is the best interpreter of scripture. Number two, text of scripture must be interpreted in context. Number three, no text of scripture uh, will contradict another text of scripture. Each scripture will not contradict the other. And so the reason why I gave you that little bit of history right there about hermeneutics is because in the book of hermeneutics, it says that Seth was the image bearer of Adam and not Cain. And not the deceased Abel speaks to the fact that Seth now represents, is a representative of Adam, powerful. And Seth carries the lineage as head of the family. And this was reinforced by a word called Aleph Tov, A-L-E-P-H-T-A-V, or which means the word. And Cain, he was not the image bearer of Adam because he was a murderer and he was abandoned by his father. Now, Abel was deceased without an heir to carry on his lineage because he was murdered by his brother. And so now Seth became qualified as a descendant and he was a replacement of Abel who was a righteous protege of Adam. This is deep. Now, Genesis 4, 25, 26, I've already read it. And Adam knew his wife again. He went back in and he bore um, um, uh, Seth. And then Seth also was born and he... Um, Seth um, also had a son and he named him Enosh. Now, this is important information because a promise was made from the seed of the woman that a savior would eventually be born who represent his forefather, Adam. And it was he was going to be born so that he could restore that which was lost in Eden. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-given spirit. 1 Corinthians 15.45. Now, what's this, uh, what is the, uh, um, there is a significance between Seth the son and Adam. Because Genesis refers to Seth as the ancestor of Noah and hence he became the father of all mankind. 
He became uh, the father of mankind, all other human beings which have perished in the great flood. You heard about the great flood. Seth is now seen by Eve as a replacement given by God for Abel. Because I just read it in the scripture. Because he was slain. And now Adam gave Seth secret teachings that will become the Kabbalah. Powerful. Now, what's the story behind Seth? Seth brothers was envious of him. They were always mocking him and they and 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 they were punished by God through drought and poverty. Whereas Seth was taught weaving and sewing to earn a living. He went out, he made a living for himself. He he was he was teachable. He was able to learn new things in in, in order to uh, take care of his family. And that pleased God. When you go out and you make an attempt to do something that is right, God sees that. And after the brothers realized that they made a mistake, they went to Seth and asked for forgiveness. And then when Seth uh, forgave them, he then prayed to God for rain and rain came. Now, what does Seth symbolize in the Bible? Seth is a boy's name and it comes from the Hebrew origin. It means appointed or place. And it, it is also associated with the teachings of the Torah. You see, Seth was the name of Adam and Eve's third son in the Hebrew Bible. Seth was born shortly after Abel's death and was sent by God to heal the family's heartbreak. Seth was born to get things straight, to get things right. Though it was mundane, you know, you know the genealogy in Genesis 5, it contains many hidden treasures. The first is that there are 10 names given, and they are the record of the lives and the line of the promised seed of the woman. Number two, the genealogy shows that man did indeed carry out the divinely ordered plan to fulfill the earth and multiply. Number three, in keeping with the theme of the chapter, namely death, chapter five, it shows that God promised to Adam did actually come about since each patriarch that was listed died with the lone exception of Enoch. Enoch didn't die. And that's when we're going to get into that. Enoch was taken up. He never died. Now, I want you to notice that in, in verse 1, in the book of Generations of Adam, it is recorded that the people was just an oral tradition, but it was written down by Adam. You know, we don't know if it was by Adam himself that revealed that Adam worked with an existent alphabet. These people were brilliant. The generation of Adam 
is one of 10 sections in Genesis, and it's called a Toledot or origin. This is, is good. Now, verse 3 reveals that Adam was 130 years old when he became the father of Seth. Now, that doesn't mean that Seth was the third son after Cain and Abel, but he is the noteworthy son, whereas Adam was created by God in God's image. Seth is said to have been created after Adam's, Adam's likeness, born into sin of Adam. In verses 4 and 5, it reveals that Adam and Eve had other sons and daughters that Adam lived to be 930 years old before he died. That's something, to live that old. Now, Genesis 5.1 contains the first mention of the book in the Old Testament. The first mention of the book in the New Testament is in Matthew 1, the book of generations of Jesus Christ. And it tells the origin of first Adam. The second book speaks of the origins of the last Adam, who is the Lord of heaven. I love this. Some of these stories I knew about. I knew about Cain and Abel. I knew about the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God and how Adam and Eve, you know, went into um, the, the garden and they ate. But that's not really what we're focusing on. We're focusing on the image and the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And that had to happen in order for Mary as to go down the lineage that Mary had to be the one that would bore the son Jesus. And I am so excited about that because the more you read the word, it, you, if you go back and read the word of God, it comes back differently. Each time you go back and you read it, it, it becomes more and more illuminating. And, and as you read the scripture, get Bibles and commentaries that will help enlighten and take you down a deeper path of, 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 of understanding God's word. And the purpose of this series is because God wants us to know who he is and give everyone an opportunity to find out who he is. And in order to do that, you have to establish a relationship. And I'm going right back to the world. If you want to get to know somebody, it takes more than a week to get to know someone, boo-boo. You cannot get to know a person in a week, in a month. Some people can, some people, you can't always be like that. You got to take time and get to know and build a relationship. And when you build a relationship, you're building trust. God can trust you with this. God can trust you with that. Your partner can trust you with this. Your partner can trust you with that. Or your boyfriend or your girlfriend can trust you. People want to trust other people. But so much has happened. So much, so many people have been hurt and broken that they don't know who to trust anymore. And just like in the very first day that we read off the first, um, God's first love was Israel. And now the people of Israel, they were scattered into the land of Palestine. 
And now we have Palestinians who are Israelites and Israelites who are Palestinian. God, and he said, it hasn't happened because they're fighting so much. It's important for God to get to, to give us the chance to be in his circle and to know that he died for us, to know that we have an opportunity to think things through. We can change the course of our life because he has given us dominion over everything, but he, but he desires that we do it in a loving, kind manner. Too much is happening right now. Too many people are dying and we got to go back to the basics and that's okay. So God, I want to thank you for this message. I want to thank you for using me to be your instrument to, to speak what it is that you will have me to say. I thank you, God, that these mornings that you have me waking up in the middle of the night to write this message down, God, I thank you for teaching me. I thank you, Lord, even with my right hand not being being able to be used because of surgery. I still thank you, God, that even as I'm trying to write, God, you help me to understand all of this. We give you glory and honor, and we thank you, God, for every person that is listening, whoever will be listening to this podcast. God, may you bless their life, bless their going out and coming in, God as they leave for work, as they leave for school, as they leave for whatever they do from their home, God, bring them back safely, God. Protect them from gunshots, from murders, from theft, from robbery. Bring them back to their homes, God. And God, we ask that you will bless them exceedingly and abundantly more than they could ever ask or think. It is in your name, God, we say amen. And amen and amen. I see you guys tomorrow. Thanks.